The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 95th ever show of All Around Sports. Each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRsports.com. As always, lights, low lights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by Nick Fasulo of SB Nation and RushTheCourt.net. He's down at the Big East Tournament in New York City. And later in the show, we will hear from our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Well, my highlight of this week is the March Madness appetizers that were being served uh, with conference championships, wetting our appetite for the real thing coming up next week. Starting with the final Big East tournament, which is living up to its glorious history, uh, competitive games, uh, typical Big East basketball down at the Garden in New York, and... uh, So it shapes up to be a great weekend. Uh, Hard to believe it's coming to an end. I, like many of you, have grown up with the Big East and just have tremendous memories. Uh, Many of mine, of course, are connected with Boston College back when they were in the Big East uh, before joining the ACC. Georgetown, Syracuse, UConn. It's just been Pitt, Pitt, don't want to forget about Pitt, it's just been, uh, given that I grew up in uh, western Pennsylvania, so it's just been a wonderful run, and sad to see it go. Obviously, the seven Catholic schools have formed the new Big East, and they got to keep the name, they're going to have the tournament next year at the Garden, and, uh, you know, so... It'll never be the same, but at least some form of it is still in existence, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But for now, uh, enjoy this final weekend, and it's going to be highlighted by tonight's epic rivalry, probably the number one Big East rivalry, which, of course, is uh, Georgetown and Syracuse play play at 7 o'clock Eastern time tonight. 
Additionally, you know, this week it's starting to feel like true March Madness. Uh, you know, we're getting whip-around coverage with all the games going on in the conference championships. Uh, got a buzzer beater last night uh, from Illinois as they beat Minnesota. We had a uh, great ending to the St. Joe's Xavier game where the ball uh, bounced off the backboard right into a guy's hands. Easy layup and couldn't convert. Uh, surprise performances like Boston College freshman Olivier Hanlon breaking the ACC tournament record, that's saying something, by scoring 41 points, including 8 of 10 on threes. So that, uh, that was pretty special stuff, to say the least. Big news in Boston. And this leads right into my low light of the week, which is Charlotte scoring 8 points in the final five seconds to beat Richmond, who was leading at the time by three, with literally 4.7 seconds to go. And uh, there was a foul shot, and the Richmond player pushed the Charlotte player, which led to uh, him being teed up, uh, and the Charlotte player converted technical fouls. They took the lead. Then uh, they got the ball back, taking a desperation shot from midcourt, and uh, they called it a shooting foul, despite it being a desperation heave. And that the coach went nuts for Richmond. He's usually a pretty calm guy. So he got teed up, uh, which led to five, count them, five more shots from the free throw line. And the final was... Uh, a five-point victory for Charlotte, 68-63. Uh, eight foul shots in the final 4.7 seconds. Absolutely unheard of. But, again, it was a low light. Uh, the calls were awful. Uh, on, on the push, which was uh, significant, uh, the Charlotte player had, you know, was jostling with the guy, had his arm around his head, but as often happens, the referee only saw the push, the back end of it. Uh, all the technical fouls, you know, contributed to the just a surreal ending. And uh, the ejection of the coach, who uh, apologized afterwards. So it, it was bizarre and a low light by any, any stretch. But this leads into my bizarre story of the week, which is the surprise certainly up here in Boston, uh, but even nationwide, with Wes Welker leaving the Patriots. For my money, it was like the most predictable move ever. Wes Welker and the Patriots have been supposedly talking for two years about a contract extension, <clears throat> and obviously it never got done. Uh... It never, frankly, even crossed my mind that Welker would sign with the Patriots once he became a free agent a couple weeks ago, or earlier this week, I should say. And uh, so, yeah, again, the, the the shock up here is, is just stunning to me. It was beyond predictable. They've had a weird relationship for whatever reason. It's just been uh, it's just been this type of. Uh, the Patriots not valuing him and him feeling disrespected. 
famous comment uh, a while back where Welker said he, quote, likes to stick it in Bill's face, meaning Bill Belichick from time to time. Sure, that didn't sit well. So it's always just been this sort of underlying current of tension, if you will, between uh, Welker and uh, and the Patriots. So, you know, they, they just never got it done. Uh, word is Tom Brady is not happy, but uh, he's also used to it. This is how the Patriots do business. Uh, not the first receiver to leave uh, secure, of the security blanket type, Dion Branch being, you know, another. And uh, so we'll just see how it turns out. But, you know, it's good to have NFL free agency. There's been moves aplenty to keep our football interest red hot uh, this time of year. Big ones to me, Steven Jackson going from the Rams to the Falcons. Mike Wallace going from the Steelers to the Dolphins. Anquan Bolden going from the Ravens to the 49ers. Percy Harvin going from the Vikings to the Seahawks. So all big names, big signings with new teams. Still free as we speak. Ed Reed, who is being courted down in uh, Houston by the Texans. Jake Long, the former number one pick from... uh, from University of Michigan, leaving the Dolphins, apparently, and being courted uh, around the league. I think you met with the Rams. Uh, Packers wide receiver Greg Jennings, uh, out on the open market, of course. And uh, apparently Dwight Freeney and jo- John Abraham. Dwight Freeney, formerly of the Colts. And uh, Dwight, and excuse me, John Abraham from the Falcons, former Jet as well. Uh, are in Foxborough today talking with the Patriots. Uh, Either or both of them signing with the Patriots would be a welcome thing here in New England because uh, the Patriots' problem is still defense, not losing Wes Welker. Offense is not a problem. Defense is. So they just need to, uh, as we saw when uh, they fell apart when Aqib Tlaib came out of the AFC Championship game. And lastly, my event of the week uh, that I worked on and wrote a story for is NFL Player Engagement. Had their pro Hollywood boot camp this week out at Universal Studios in Los Angeles. Uh, Another great event of the many that NFL Player Engagement provides for, uh, for its current and former players to set them up for post career success. So with that said, uh, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from outside the huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. So let's take our break. And next up will be Nick Fasulo from SB Nation and RushTheCourt.net. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football, and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Chris Merrick, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line with us now is Nick Fasulo, who of SB Nation and RushTheCourt.net. It was down in New York City covering the final Big East tournament. And, Nick, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, John. Our pleasure, our pleasure. You've been on the show before. Uh, you're our resident college basketball expert. And i got to ask you, what's it like? Uh, what's the mood down at the final Big East tournament, at least as we've known it since 1979? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a little bit doom and gloom, but also a lot of excitement um, knowing that we're going to get a tremendous final matchup of Georgetown-Syracuse tonight at 7. Um, I, it was really cool. I got into Penn Station uh, yesterday afternoon right as you know Syracuse pit was wrapping up. Okay. And I'm kind of walking out as the fans are walking out, and man, people are pretty pumped to be able to get uh, such a, a heated rivalry to really cap off what will probably go down as a very memorable Big East tournament because it is the last Big East tournament as we know it. Absolutely. Well, you and I, of course, both covered uh, last spring's Big uh, Eastern, NCAA Eastern final here at, uh, up here in the Boston Garden. You, of course, are based in Boston like me. And, uh, yeah, so hard to believe, but uh, 
I feel like it's just taken forever the last couple of weeks to finally get to this point, which is Selection Sunday on uh, at 6 p.m. this Sunday, where we're finally going to learn the uh, NCAA tournament participants, and March Madness will truly be underway. Um, what are your thoughts heading into the tournament? What have you been seeing this week with conference championships and, of course, the Big East tournament that you're at? Uh, you know, as we head into Selection Sunday. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think we all can agree that it's a wide-open field. There's no dominant team. There's no, you know, two or even two or three teams that we'd say these are, these are Final Four locks. I really don't think there is a Final Four lock. Maybe the closest team to that would be Duke just because of the fact that, you know, knowing that they have or when they have a healthy Ryan Kelly, they are unbeatable so far this season. I think they're 17 or 18 and 0. Um, so they're definitely a very dangerous team, but they haven't been great in the tournament recently. You know, aside from winning the national championship in 2010, they've had, you know, some upsets. They don't have a ton of athleticism, but they do play that Duke branded basketball where it's really hard to stay with them for 40 minutes. You know, they, they have a lot of shooters. They have a lot of guys that can penetrate and then they have enough bigs down low to be able to defend. And, you know, they, I think that they're kind of back to where they want to be. You know, last year they had Austin Rivers, who was one of the, the better players in college basketball, but I don't really think he fit within their system. Right now right. their system is working. Their system looks the way we're accustomed to seeing do Blue, Blue Devil basketball. So I think that, you know, that whole fan base is very happy heading into the tournament. Another team I, I like right now is, and it's not really going to surprise anyone, but it's Louisville because, you know, they are another good team that's so well coached and they're starting to mimic a lot of, um, seasons where they turn it on at the right time. You know, last year they went to the Final Four, but they did not have a good regular season. This year they were a preseason top three team. Some people had them as a preseason number one. They got off to a pretty good start. They lost some games, but everyone lost some games this winter. And now they're starting to get it together at the right time. You know, when I watched them play Villanova last night, I was really impressed with their defense. Um, we all know that they have a good defense, but they, last night they had a great defense. They got a lot of, a lot of turnovers and really bothered Villanova. And when you can pressure the ball and create offense off defense, which Louisville is one of the best at doing in the country, you're going to have a good tournament. Yeah, well, Louisville, of course, uh, you know, speaking of the Big East tournament, which you're at, uh, I was watching the Louisville-Notre Dame multiple overtime game, uh, which reminded me, of course, of the famous UConn-Syracuse uh, six-overtime game a few years back. And... Uh, yeah, so that was great. That was one of the best regular season games I've seen. And another uh, great regular season game I saw was, going back to Duke, was, of course, Duke-Miami, the return of Ryan Kelly. So what do you think about Miami? Obviously uh, uh, somewhat new to the uh, basketball party, but uh, a lot to like there. Yeah, here's the, my thing about Miami. First off, I really like them both on paper and what I see when I watch them play. They're a good team. Um, they have bigs that are actually, you know, solid on both ends of the court. Shade Larkin is a really good, not only a ball handler um, and distributor, but he can also score. He can create his own shot. I always look for that in, you know, guards when I say, okay, there's not a lot of college, there's not a lot of playmakers in college basketball nowadays, but when you can get a guy that can not only share but also create his own shot when, you know, his team needs it, um, that's a huge help. And they have that in Larkin. And they also have Durant Scott on the wing. The thing about Miami it has nothing to do with their statistics, their record, um, and you know their numbers. But it's just the fact that they're, like you said, they're new to this game, this whole being so 
sort of the hunted and not the hunter. I almost feel as though, in a weird way, that they peaked too early. You know, they came yep. onto the scene and they were, you know, a number one team, their top two, two, three team, you know, midway through the season, and they probably didn't even know how to handle it. And now they they started to lose a few games, which is completely natural. You know, I think we would expect them um, to be challenged, you know, heavily at the end of the season here. And now it's like they're one of the favorites. So now how are they going to react? It's not like they're coming up and creeping up on anyone. They're going to be probably a three-seed, maybe a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, so that means that people are going to be really gunning for them. People are going to be talking about them leading into the tournament. They're not going to surprise anyone. So I wonder how the players and how the coaches are going to be able to handle that. Yeah, well, I think that's going to be very interesting. I mean, Jim Laranega, of course, is the uh, is the coach, and he – is famous for taking uh, George Mason to the Final Four a few years back. And Shane Larkin, you mentioned him, son of Barry Larkin, uh, baseball Hall of Famer from the Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, you know, fascinating. And you all talked about them peaking. I mean, they basically made history by trouncing Duke in North Carolina within in like the same week, if I remember correctly. And, Correct, uh, they yeah. Got a, but I think you bring up a good point. I mean, Larry Nega has been to the Final Four before he's a seasoned coach he's a he's a good coach good person too i think he has the character to be able to get them in the right frame of mind and you know weather the storm that's about to hit them right now yeah what's well, kind of interesting as opposed to you know miami football which has somewhat of a you know villain history and combat fatigues against penn state and you know the 1986 national championship that type of thing I think we have the opposite here. I think we have, I'll speak for myself at least, you know, I'm very intrigued by Miami. I'm rooting for them. A lot of it has to do with Laranega. I like the fact they're a new program in the, from the ACC that's, uh, you know, again, you know, new to the party. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to see him make some noise. And uh, so let me move on and ask you about uh, really the team that I think most people feel has been, quote, the number one team throughout the year, and that, of course, is Indiana with Cody Zeller and Tom Crean's the coach. What are your thoughts about uh, the Hoosiers? I, I really like them. You know, they stuck past Minis- or, excuse me, uh, Michigan last Sunday. That was a, a very tight game uh, from yes. start to finish. I like how they, they moved the ball. I told a lot of people this. You know, Zeller was really the most talked about player coming into the season. He, he's had a, a very good year, but he probably hasn't been as dominant as maybe a lot of people thought he would be. But at right. the same time, here they are. They're where we expected them to be going into March. And it's because of Zellers not having to carry this whole team. You know, Victor Oladipo is probably the most exciting player to watch in college basketball. He's a blast. Um, yes. He can do it on both ends of the court. He always he, he probably leads the nation in, you know, highlight reel plays that also, you know, matter to his team's performance. It's not like they're up 20 and, he, and he's dunking on people. You know, they're up one or two with a minute left and he comes up with a huge block or a huge dunk to seal the game. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's really clutch right there. And he's just a blast to watch. And, you know, overall their back, their backcourt's been much more solid than I expected. You know, Yogi Ferrell's a freshman. He's had to handle the brunt of being the point guard. You know, that's never easy when you come into a, a pretty veteran team, you know, they're pretty seasoned and he's the, a freshman point guard running the show. I thought he's, he's done pretty well for himself. So they're definitely dangerous. Because, you know, we're seeing this year, it's not about the freshmen overall. You know, Kentucky is not, you know, what we thought they were coming into the season. North Carolina State, who had another great recruiting class, is not a top 10, top 15 team like we thought they were going to be. Because those right. are freshman-laden teams, 
the teams that are the best this year are teams that have, you know, more, more experience um, and balance. And that's what we're seeing right now, especially with Indiana. So they're really the epitome of that. Yeah, well, you mentioned Oladipo, and, you know, I was watching a game, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and, uh, low, I mean, he, he just flashed some moves like you're talking about at, the, at big times in games, and, you know, the thought floated across my mind, uh, you know, reminded me a little bit of Michael Jordan, you know, his game, and, uh, you, you know, I, and then I later heard, you know, one or two other people say that on TV, and uh, so I agree, he, you know, he is a fascinating player, and, and he could be the X factor, in, in literally in the entire tournament. I think. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's tough to match his athleticism, uh, and you're definitely going to see that on display uh, once Selection Sunday rolls around. Yes. Well, you know, looping back to the Big East, since you're down in New York, uh, you already mentioned Louisville, who plays Notre Dame in the semifinal, but we still have Georgetown, Syracuse, both teams with great history. And uh, do you see either of them making a run, particularly Georgetown, given that they're higher ranked? I, I do. I, I think I trust Georgetown more because they're not as reliant on, you know, their offense. But they have a great offensive player, great all-around player, Otto Porter, unquestionably yes. the Big East player of the year. Um, we've seen Syracuse, conversely, just take a huge nosedive over the past few weeks. They did look pretty good yesterday against Pittsburgh, but they're having real problems offensively. They really don't have any big guys that can support Michael Carter-Williams and Brandon Trish. And Brandon Trish and Michael Carter-Williams just haven't been what we thought they would be. They've been really struggling lately, turning the ball over, not being assertive. Um, it's just kind of like guys looking around saying, well, who's going to step up here? And the only guy that's really playing well consistently is James Sutherland, but he's just a sort of oversized jump shooter. He's, he's a good player. He's a solid player, but he's not the type of guy that you can rely on to carry your team through a tournament. He's a great you know, second or third option, but they need – more of their stars to step up. They need Trish and MCW to, to really carry the load here. If they can do it tonight, it's not, it's not to say they can't do it. They've just, they've had a, a good season, but you know, over the past three weeks, they just, they haven't looked themselves. Their offense has been abysmal. Let's see if they can continue carrying what they, they had yesterday uh, into tonight. And then maybe it'll be a different, maybe I can take a little bit of a different take on them. Yeah. Well, that will be interesting. Uh, it's a big East tournament. It's always interesting. <laughs> Needless to say, and, uh, yeah. I'm sure tonight's going to be a very fun night at the garden. And, uh, Nick, any other teams that you see, especially ones with, uh, you know, with the, the, the history, shall we say, like be it Florida, Kansas, anybody, uh, yeah, any I, one of those love, teams coming out yeah. making noise? I love Kansas. I, um, okay. I stopped paying attention to their record, you know, mid-February because I just I don't want to say I know but I'm, I'm pretty confident that they have the pieces to to return to the final four it's just a matter of you know there's a lot of luck involved in the tournament I think they're unquestionably a top four team if that's what you want to call it in college basketball regardless of what their current ranking is or what their current record is I think talent wise they can get to the final four who knows what's going to happen you know in a one-and-done situation anything can happen but I think that the development of Jeff Withy as a as a big man who is probably the most active big man in the country. He's a true force, and he really alters so many shots down low, but he can also post you up and score on offense. And then to have experienced players that are supporting a young freshman star. So you have Travis Rutherford and Elijah Johnson who can do a lot of different things. They've been through you know, the grind. They've been to a national championship game. And then you, you know, if they can sort of lead the team vocally, allow Ben McLemore to do his thing because he's, you know, he's no doubt – going to be gone after the season he's the next Dwayne Wade in my opinion 
um, you know, if every if the pieces come together, I don't see why they can't get to the Final Four. And I've been saying that since, you know, December, that I just got a hunch that if Macklemore plays with the confidence and sort of the swagger that Bill Self wants him to play with, nothing can really stop him or stop Kansas. Good analysis, good analysis, Nick. And uh, let me ask you this, you know, I, I, a team like Liberty getting in with 20 losses, you know, again, we all love the, the format of the tournament, uh, you know, you win your conference championship, you, you, you get in. And uh, But I just wanted to get your thoughts on something like that. I mean, 20 losses, that gets your attention. Like, wow, how is that team in there? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways you look at it. One is, you know, that's life. You know, how are these – a small conference is a small conference for a reason and it's never going to change. And at the end of the day, though, they don't have – you know, the league is able to make a decision on whether or not they want to have a conference tournament. You know, the conference tournament right. – supposed to generate money for the conference so naturally it's a it's the right business move but is it fair to the players and the teams it might not be i mean the ivy league doesn't have a conference tournament no one's telling them they have to do it and they don't look like they're ever going to change their mind on that so obviously if you don't have a conference tournament you award the automatic berth to the regular season champion which is more fair than what they're currently doing but at the same time you totally just throw away a lot of excitement that comes with your conference tournament and exposure you know, I, and I can't even remember who was the, you know, the first place team, first seed in that league that Liberty won. But at the same time, you know, we would be going into the tournament not really, you know, the layman, the general fan would have not a clue about that team. Whereas when you have your conference tournament, you may slowly follow the bracket a little bit. You get your conference final on ESPN, on ESPN2. You get national television. And you get that one game where, you know, people are going to be watching and something, you know, exciting could happen, and then you start to get buzz, and, you know, people will talk about you. You don't get that if you don't have a conference tournament, even though it may be more fair. So I could go either way on it, but at the end of the day, the conferences can make their own decisions on this stuff. If, if they want to sort of throw up the flag and say, we're a one-bid league for the rest of our lives, well, then you can say, we're going to pull uh, the conference tournament and just award that automatic berth to the regular season champion. Yeah, well, that's uh, that very good perspective. And, and before I forget, Gonzaga. What are your thoughts on Gonzaga, the uh, number one team in the country? Well, my thoughts are: I wish they uh, they played some more games uh, when I was when I was awake because every one of their games <laughs> at ten, eleven, right. or midnight. So it's hard to get a great read on them um, unless you're just reading up on them. I, I mean, they're a good team because they have um, Kelly Olenek, who is versatile. They have guards that can shoot and guards that don't turn the ball over. It's just hard to say because, you know, they've had a fairly easy schedule, but at the end of the day you could say, well, maybe, you know, not going through the rigors of the Big Ten has given them some fresher legs going into the tournament. You know, who knows? Sort of like conference tournaments, you can look at it a lot of different ways. Um, One thing that I think has kind of been humoring me for the past few weeks is you have fans of teams who, you know, looks like they're two, three, maybe a four seed all saying, Oh man, well, I, yeah, give Gonzaga a one seed and put my team in that bracket and we'll be, we'll roll into the final four. And, and I just don't understand that because, you know, if you want to make Gonzaga a one seed, a two seed, a three seed, a, a ten seed, it's still the same team on paper. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they're any more or less dangerous as a one seed. Maybe if, even if they're overseeded, it's still the same team. I don't think that Mark Few is going to, you know, change the perception within his team as saying, like, we're a favorite. I mean, the goal is to get to the final four. That's always their goal. So I don't know why they would change their approach and why we should perceive them differently if we're giving them a one seed as opposed to what we're normally used to seeing them as sort of an underdog-type team. 
Well, I agree. I agree. And Nick, this has been great. You have uh, you now have me ready, and our listeners All right, good. for March Madness, which officially uh, kicks off Sunday evening, six o'clock Eastern time, I believe, uh, when they'll do Selection Sunday show, uh, play on play in games, start early in the week, and uh, then next Thursday uh, they'll have at it, and we'll all be watching. So, Nick, once again, thanks for taking the time to call in. Enjoy. Tonight's doubleheader at the Garden should be great. The Big East uh, tournament, the final Big East tournament as we know it. And uh, once again, uh, great perspective, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us. All right. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate you having me on again. All right, Nick. Thank you. And with that said, we'll now go to our break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we're going to talk about waterfall, antelope, wolves, gun grabbing, and crossbow hunting. That's a whole lot, Trav. Hey, some of our guests will include outdoor writer and TV host Wade Bourne, Cam and Company's Camp Edwards, and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's Prez and CEO... David Allen. And a whole lot more. And always, Jimmy, is brought to you by Outdoor Channel plus Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And I am your host, John Inglesby. And on the line with us now is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And Barry, how are you doing today? Excellent, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks as always for calling in and... uh, you know, it's been an exciting week with uh, NFL free agency, uh, to say the least, creating their own hot stove. And, uh, 
You know, one thing that jumped out at me, uh, which is timely, and given your new New York location, uh, Darrell Rivas, apparently there's like a million dollar payment due today, I believe. Uh, you know, if he's still with the Jets, so we all, we've all heard the trade rumors, but uh, what are your thoughts on Rivas, just to, to kick us off on free agency? Well, you know, uh, he is regarded to be you know, the best uh you know, best defensive back in football. So, and I, 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 you know, the Jets have said they want to keep him. Um, you know, but you know, that remains to be seen if that's going to happen. I mean, I, I think the one thing that we've gotten used to seeing, you know, and this is, again something we've spoken about many times in the past. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a brave new world now. Ever since you know the NFL instituted uh, you know this, this type of free agency, where you know it's, it's so rare when you have a player you know finish his career with the same team just because it's the, the just because of the salary structures. The salary cap, you know, teams just can't afford to always keep the best players because, let's face it, you know, uh, uh, unless unless a team is really close to a championship, uh, and, and unless you have a type of player who number one is up for free agency and number two is willing to take less to sort of give you know a, a home da- a hometown discount, as it were, um, it's very and you and it, you know you don't have that and obviously you don't have that very often because you know when players reach free agency, you know, it's, it's their chance to, to get a big payday. So, you know, that's why you, you don't see players staying with the same team. It's very rare when that happens. So, you know, when you have a situation here that it might happen or the Jets hope it'll happen, you know, uh, it, it, it carries, you know, it, 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 it carries some weight. But, you know, it, it kind of remains to be seen. I mean, there there have been rumors in the past week of, you know, Reva being, you know, tra- being traded to some, some other team. It was a mystery team. So there was a, a lot of thought about that, but, you know, it just, it, we just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, I think we've gotten used to seeing big-name players, you know, change uniforms at this time of year. I mean, we're, we're seeing it right now, right? I mean, we have, oh, yeah. uh, well, Wes Welker is now a Bronco, you know, uh, that, which is going to be very strange seeing Wes Welker in a Bronco's uniform. Um, yep. Steven Jackson, which I think is a great signing by the Atlanta Falcons. I think he'll help them tremendously. You've got a lot left to tank, I think. Um, Huge. Yeah, and just today, uh, you know, uh, you're talking about the Jets, you know, another defection. Uh, we had Sean Green the other day uh, leaving, uh, going to the Titans, and this, this morning Dustin Keller signs a, a one-year contract with the Dolphins. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of big names moving around, and, and I'm, I'm sure we'll see more. Uh, you know, suppose uh, reportedly uh, Dwight Freeney is, and, and John Abraham are talking to the Patriots. So you know, there's, there's going to be a lot more of this, and, and I agree. I, I love, I love uh, NFL free agency, and you know, and I think it was awesome. Uh, you know, after the last lockout last year, when they had that abbreviated free agency period, it was just like a, a total feeding frenzy. It was, it was, and I remember, you know, when we were talking about that at the time, it was a lot of fun because things were happening every five minutes. Somebody was going somewhere, it. so it was, it was just crazy. So, but yeah, I, I, I love this time of year for the NFL, and. Uh, you know, as I said, we've got used to seeing big names uh, change cities and change teams. So this year is no different. Absolutely. And uh, we talked about it at the time. I think in the two years we've been doing the show that, uh, you know, that free agency week immediately following the lockouts last year in the NFL may have been the funnest week or two that we, we ever did the show. And it was just spectacular. And, you know, some other big names, of course. Uh, you, me- you mentioned Steven Jackson. I totally agree. I think that may be the, the number one move 
when we look back on it, potentially next January, uh, it, because I, he, he could put the Falcons over the top. But also, you know, we've had some other biggies. Uh, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, I mean, Mike Wallace of the Dolphins, and on Quam yeah. Bolton to the 49ers, Percy Harvin sure. to the yeah. Seahawks. Absolutely. When he is healthy, he, he you can make a case he's the most exciting player in the NFL. I mean, he can yeah. just do it all. And the Seahawks, he could put them over the top, another clear Super Bowl contender. Yeah, and the other thing is too uh, is that, that that that's kind of interesting is that you know you have you have teams like you know you have the Falcons okay who a team that was very good last year you have a team like the 49ers of course they reached the Super Bowl last year and the Seahawks you know they made a lot of noise in the postseason last year all three of those teams have gotten better they've all improved so yep. you know you have three of the top teams in the NFC three of the teams that were already near the top of the NFC or if not at the if not the top three teams in the NFC all of them getting better and all of them improving, all of them adding pieces. So, you know, they're all you know, upping the ante. So I, I, I think that's going to lead to a lot of excitement. Uh, you know, all, of course, you know, off the field, as, we talk, as, you know, as we're all talking about it right now, but certainly on the field once the season starts. Yes, well, you know, and, and I, mean, I mean, the big question with free agency is the teams we just mentioned, Falcons, Niners, Seahawks, are they going to get that one, maybe two players who's going to put them over the top because they were all very close last year? Obviously, the Niners were in the Super Bowl. Another team that is clearly making a huge run at what they believe the player will take them over the top. Houston Texans pursuing Ed Reed uh, with vigor, yeah. I might add. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's huge, too. And, you know, and again, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about big names here. You know, I mean, every guy we've mentioned is, is is a superstar in the NFL. Yes. So you know, when 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 the when when the NFL can can be can be uh, top of mind uh, and top of the conversation uh, in the middle of March, right when we're on the cusp of March March Madness, I mean, it just shows you the power that the NFL has and you know, the ability to kind of stay stay in everybody's uh, consciousness. You know. Yesterday we had the uh, the competition committee talking about eliminating the tuck roll. I was at the famous uh, snow bowl the night the tuck mm-hmm. roll <laughs> arrived in American sports fans' consciousness. Happened literally right in front of me. And uh, so, yeah, again, the NFL, they're, they're, they're the best at, uh, you know, keeping themselves in front of us pretty much uh, – 12 months a year and, and what feels more and more like, you know, 24 uh, seven. But that's why they're the NFL. And uh, 
So, Barry, with that said, I think we've covered the NFL free agency. Let me just quickly add, uh, since we were talking about Super Bowl teams looking for that final piece or two to put them up with the, uh, over the top, Super Bowl contenders, I should say, uh, as we speak, Dwight Freeney and John Abraham are apparently uh, in Foxborough talking with the Patriots today. So, before we go to break, I just quick thoughts on those two. You know John Abraham from the Jets days. That's right. And, uh, you know, there's certainly two guys that can show up the Patriots' defense. And, you know, just, just a, a quick word on the, on the Patriots. I mean, I think there's been a lot of hand-wringing uh, in New England after, uh, after the loss of Wes Welker. But here's one thing to remember. I mean, I think Tom Brady is a guy who succeeded with a, lot, with a host of different wide receivers of, of you know, middling to upper middling talent. So, you know, I, I, I expect, I expect the, uh, the Patriots to you know, find some pieces that could fill in. Uh, you know, certainly Welker's a great receiver, but I think that uh, you know, I think the Patriots will be fine, and I think Brady will be fine, and I think that, I think that team will be fine. I totally agree. And uh, final word before the break, Welker leaving was the most predictable move ever, ever to me. Uh, uh, they had two years to get him signed, didn't get it done, had no interest in getting it done apparently, and ultimately proven by the fact they signed Danny Amendola like an hour or two after Welker signed with the Broncos. But with that said, uh, we'll talk a little basketball on the other side, the Miami Heat, and uh, for now we'll take our break, and I know you're sticking around with us on the other side, Barry. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post Sports Department. And uh, I am your host, John Inglesby. And Barry, uh, we're looking at potential history here with the Miami Heat. 
Uh, they're at 20 in a row. They play the Bucks tonight. Uh, Celtics in the Garden on Monday. And obviously, uh, everybody's now on watch with the Lakers' epic 33-game winning streak uh, from back in the 70s. Uh, now in the sights, I'd say, of the Miami Dolphins. Every game is going to be an event. What are your thoughts on uh, what the Heat are doing? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is quite something. And, you know, there, I, I think, you know, whenever you have a situation like this, you know, whether you, whether you go back to, you know, when, 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 when Pete Rose put together a hit streak to, you know, kind of get people talking about the Maggio's record, you know, yep. when, when, the, uh, you know, when the Patriots, you know, were, were, were knocking on the door of an undefeated season. Uh, you know, it just it just ups ups everything. It ups the interest and ups ups the excitement. Um, it ups the, the the notoriety and it ups everything. So you know, and I thought one of the interesting things uh, that I saw this morning, um, Bill Sharman and Gail Goodrich Sharman, of course, was the uh, was the coach of that Lakers team in seventy one seventy two that holds the record uh, thirty three games in a row. And Gail Goodrich, of course, a key member of that team, uh, both said, you know. The, we believe that the Heat have the goods. You know, they're obviously the real deal, and they can and, and they can challenge this record, and and they think they can they can set the record, they can break the record. And I, I think it's kind of interesting too that uh, you know uh, uh, another guy that played for that seventy-one through two Lakers team, a guy by the name of Pat Riley, who just happens to be the president of the Miami Heat. So uh, you know he would get to experience that from from uh, from both sides, which is kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to think. That they couldn't do it, and I, you know, in, in every game as it gets closer and closer, it'll be it'll be more exciting and more interesting, and you know, a little bit more pressure on, on LeBron and and the Heat to do it. But you know, I, I I think this team's proven that they are the real deal. Obviously, they're the world champions, and they're defending champions, and they're you know the one of the best teams in the league. You know, without much argument. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think there's a good chance that they can do it, and it'll be fun to watch. You know, as we get through March Madness and we have the NFL free agency and, uh, you know, opening a baseball season kind of right around the corner. So we've got all these things kind of converging. It's interesting, isn't it? We were just we were kind of lamenting a few weeks back about the dog days. But it's funny how things change, right? I mean, you have, you have all these sports events kind of merging together. And, uh, you know, you don't have time for everything, certainly. But, uh, but there's a lot happening right now, and I think I think the the uh, the uh, heat salt on this record. I mean, two more wins, and they will the second highest uh, winning streak in NBA history. So uh, they're on the cusp of that, certainly, and uh, it'll be very interesting to that, for them to kind of cross over into that uh, that territory against the Celtics if that were to happen. But you know, the, the the further it goes, the more important each game becomes, and the more. Scrutiny and the more uh, more pressure on the Heat, and the more of feeling of their opponents. Like, okay, let's let, let's break this up. Let's 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 you know, make our own history here of uh, of ending uh, this possibility of, of, of the Heat setting a record. So uh, yeah, it'll be a lot more uh, it'll be a lot more intense with them every night. I think. Oh, absolutely, Barry. And you read my mind about us lamenting the last few weeks of how slow it's been, but suddenly it's not so slow anymore. I mean, I think everybody, you know, has been watching the, you know, you know, for the last few games with the Heat. Uh, but you know, when you reach 20, now you got people's attention, right? And so I think, uh, you know, I think the Celtics hosting the Heat at the Garden 
on uh, Monday night has serious potential to be uh, to be special. Uh, yeah, the Celtics will be ready. You know that. I mean, this is like you know their chance to make their own history by stopping the streak, and uh, so that could just be an awesome game. Um, but I think you know LeBron and the Heat, uh, especially with as you so uh, aptly mentioned Pat Riley in the background. I mean. I think LeBron is, you know, he's he's clearly creating his own legend beyond what it was, taking it to the next level, started with the championship, and, uh, you know, it's laughable, that you know, how, they, how they're saying, you know, they're not following the streak. I realize they have to say it and, just as importantly, play one game at a time, but in the same light, it's on their radar screen, no question, and, uh, and you know... Um, I think it could be potentially fun uh, one way or the other, but I'm not going to take it past Monday night. All I know is Monday night I'm going to sit sit down and, uh, you know, watch that game with serious interest, probably as serious as I've watched an NBA regular season game in a long, long time when they come to the Garden to play the Celtics. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's of course, it's always a big deal, and it's such a, you know, a storied franchise, and, you know, you have all the, uh, you know, in the backdrop mentioned Riley before, of course, you know, uh, Riley's, uh, Riley's feelings about the uh, Boston Celtics are, are, are no secret. Um, you know, pretty much the same way that uh, the late Red Alapak felt about the Lakers. I, I think they both, uh, you know, agreed that they were not, they were never going to be best friends and they were never going right. to be, you know, uh, you know, good buddies. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of angst, a lot of hatred from way back. So, um, you know, it's always fun when you, when you, when you get that dynamic working. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be fun. Oh, definitely. It's, it'll be great. Um, great theater to say the least, uh, starts tonight when they play the Bucks. Uh, another NBA story of note that got some, uh, you know, been getting some buzz here is of course, Kobe Bryant, uh, having a severely sprained ankle after coming down on his opponent's foot. He's not happy. The opponent is not backing down, the defender, I should. And, uh, you know, uh, we're down under two minutes now, but I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on uh, on that situation, Barry, to close the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, anytime you have a player like Kobe, who's he's really a warrior, I mean, you know, for, for him to, you know, be injured badly enough not to play, you, you, know, it's, you know it's pretty serious, so... You know, the Lakers, you know, are trying to, you know, get, get back into the thick of things in the Western Conference. And, uh, you know, they, they obviously need, need Kobe Bryant at, at his best. And you know, to not have them, not have him there, you know, really, you know, is, is, you know, very damaging at this point. Um, you know, when you start to get to the point now, you know, uh, hard to believe, but we're at the point in the NBA season that when you look at the standings, you now have a couple of teams with the little X's by their names in the standings, you know, the Heat and the Spurs. Are the only ones, but still, you're starting to see it. You know, when I when I say that, I mean teams have uh, clinched a playoff spot. So once you start right. to see that uh, on your NBA daily NBA standings, you know that we're starting to get into crunch time on the schedule, and it's it's always been Kobe's time of year for uh, the Lakers. And I think you know certainly you know we it's understood that the Lakers are not the Lakers that they have been in the past, but to uh, you know to have Kobe in a situation where he's going to be out for uh, possibly any length of time, you know, is, is, is certainly a concern for them because, you know, he's a guy that, that is, is, you know, one of the hardest working players in the NBA and one of the most respected and, 
you know, a guy that would just never back down, you know, like, like, like Michael Jordan was, you know, very similar type of, uh, type of mindset there. So, you know, I think anytime when you have a guy like, like Kobe possibly being on the shelf for a while, it's, uh, you know, that, that could be a problem for the Lakers, uh, in their quest to, you know, kind of move up, move up the ladder as far as they can and, uh, and position themselves, uh, for the playoffs. Absolutely. Well, Barry, great perspective. Uh, you know, appreciate you calling in as always and enjoy your observations. Uh, finally, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the NCAA selection show, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, I believe. And once again, Barry, thanks for calling in. And uh, Voice America listeners, thank you again for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.